Welcome to Stories from a Shower Singer with your hosts, Sonia and Emma. Welcome to Episode 3 of Stories from a Shower Singer. Do you love to sing in the shower? If your answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. In each episode, we interview fascinating people from all walks of life about the joy and healing powers of singing and creativity. We also invite you, the listener, into an intimate jam session with our guest and teach you their favourite shower song so you can sing along with us. So lather up. And let's sing. Wow, so it is episode three of Stories from a Shower Singer, and we are joined by the amazing David Burden. Thank you for coming Hello. in, David. No worries. Thank you for having me into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Have you ever done anything like this before, Dave? The three three people in, in a, a shower. shower. Uh, that's that's quite an involved question. To it's a very intimate with. question, it isn't is. it? No, I haven't. We can to unpack be that later. We can unpack that. Whose pee am I feeling on my oh. feet right now? <laughs> Mystery for the, for the listener. I was feeling a little bit dehydrated, so I, I did. Thought uh, it was you. Scale some, some water. Bloody Tony. Bloody Tony. Classic. Classic Tony. Well, listeners, let me tell you a little bit about our guest. David Burton is an award-winning writer from Brisbane, Australia. He's the writer of over 30 professionally produced plays for theatres across the country. His most recent book, The Man in the Water, which I finished yesterday, Dave, is published by UQP. Correct. (laughs) And is a young adult murder mystery set in regional Queensland. His first book, How to Be Happy, which I've also read, was his adolescent memoir and winner of the Text Prize for Children and Young Adults Writing in 2014. His theatrical work includes being at the forefront of some of the most innovative community projects in the world for Queensland Music Festival, which is the subject of his doctoral study. His plays include April's Fool, a verbatim piece that is frequently studied in schools. A welcome day. Thanks, mate. It's so good to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you. Yay. We've worked on some of those shows together. We have. Well, we- when I say a few, one, really. It feels like we've worked on a lot. But we've, we've talked have. about working we've on several shows that have never come to fruition, <laughs> but that is all going to but change. Hey, I'm here now. <laughs> you are here now. I'm in the shower. You are so, in the shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of showers. Yes. David. Um, yes, Tony. Can you... Uh, well, Antonio. <laughs> later on uh, in the shower, we're yeah. going to be making some sweet, sweet music. Awesome. Um, and uh, we'll be performing that piece later. But for now, can you just tell us what song we are going to perform? I agonised over this. Ooh. Because to, can I completely ruin the premise? I don't sing in the shower. Or I haven't. Dave, I, oh, I know. You're not meant to admit you're not meant such to a thing. Well, I haven't in a couple of years since my toddler's been born. Oh. Because usually when I go to the shower, I'm either talking to her because she's watching me. Yeah. Or I am otherwise too tired and like just in a brain fog. Right. So I'm thinking about other things. But the song that's been in my head a lot, including in the shower, has been Rainbow by Casey Musgraves. 
I have to say, I had never heard this song <coughs> really? before. That surprises me. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm very out of the loop, but um, it is a beautiful song. Yeah, Stunning. it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous, and I was, as I was listening to it before, it's one of those rare songs that it doesn't have a lot of production on the recording. No. It just has one voice, I think, piano and voice and piano, mm. and it's um. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Uh, she's a country and western singer. I, I kind of heard a little bit of a country twang yeah. in the recording, but the what song level isn't... of nerddom do you want to go to here? Because this oh my is... god, take me there. Yeah, <laughs> take me to nerd town. <laughs> because I have I can't explain my love of Casey Musgrave. I mm. don't understand it. I went to a live show of hers when she was in Brisbane a couple of months ago and my wife and I were there and my wife looked around and went, there's a lot of... Because her first album was like a few years ago now and it was very country, but it was like subverting country. It was funny country at different points oh, and kind wow. of interesting. And her second album was very country and then this album, her third album, won the Grammy last year or this year, depending on what oh. year we're in, and um, for like best record... And it's like one she wrote while falling in love and slightly like some songs have been inspired by LSD trips she's done and like really interesting. So it's like got country background, but it's like bohemian and a bit hippie and a bit. And I just listened to that record and loved it. But we're at this live show and my wife looked around and went, the audience is really weird because there's these like country and Western fans who have obviously come in on bus from like way out and are here for a good night. And then there's a lot of straight men. <laughs> there's oh a lot of straight God. men there with their wives who are just in love with Casey Musgraves. And I am one of those men. Wow. <laughs> I don't blame you. She sings like an angel she and does. she is very beautiful. She is. But I also just think, like, as we said, like the songwriting capability mm. is amazing. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm kind of a closet country fan. Well... We've mm. both been listening. In fact, you introduced me to a podcast called Dolly Parton's mm. America, and I have How been obsessed it? with it. I'm up to episode four. There's only four episodes, Tony. You've got to get into this. Yeah. And I am loving it. The what, cunt- what's it about? Well, it's about Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should have guessed. Spoiler alert. It's true. But, but it goes to some weird places. Like, it goes to other oh, places as well. It so uses many... her life as a base and then ends up in weird stuff. Yeah. Wow. It's it's really great for music geeks because there's a lot yeah. of historical information about um, the origins of, like, the banjo, for example. And it's just, mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. But country. Country. Mm, well, we're going to delve country. into some country music later on. <laughs> Dave. Emma. So you said something to me when we met up for a coffee the other day. You said... I said many things. You said many I things. Said, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Not you again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Apart but from after that, that yeah. after that, you said you don't want to write anything that doesn't have music in it. Or oh, words to that effect, didn't I? you? <laughs> Maybe you were on an LSD trip yourself, oh, Dave. You said, that you, well, basically what I'm getting at is music is yes. very important to yes. your writing. Yes. Especially your theatrical Absolutely. writing. Absolutely. Why is that? I haven't written any. The only musicals I've written have been for the type of shows that we've worked on, which is shows with Queensland Music Festival, which mm. are really weird 
unique gigs because they're community gigs with like hundreds of people in it. And we, right. we, as you know, teach a lot of people how to sing and dance and do all sorts of stuff. So I haven't written musicals apart from that. But now that I've done those gigs, four or five of those gigs in a row, and uh, I, I just want to work with music more. I grew mm-hmm. up in a musical-ish household. My father was very musical. Um, and when I first became aware of theatre, I was such a weird kid. But I must have been, I was prepubescent. I must, must have been around 11 when I heard Hamlet. And I was like, oh my God, didn't understand what was happening. But the <laughs> rhythm and the musicality yeah. of the words was like, yeah. So when I'm writing theatre in particular, and when I'm writing books, um, it's music, it's music and melody and rhythm and all the writers I really like do that. So Shakespeare, Aaron Sorkin's the other guy, uh, mm-hmm. Tony Kushner's another dude. I'm naming a bunch of white dudes, but that's who I studied. And yeah, yeah. so that's that's yes, music drama. But you're you are both like that. How can you not escape it? Yeah, well, well, you're right. I don't know. How do you escape it? <laughs> it's in us. Uh, maybe um, not the drama for me. I'm, uh, I don't know, Tony. You were pretty amazing last night in Pauline Roche, the musical. That's another story. Well, well, yes, but I wasn't acting. I was I was musicking. I was drumming and singing. But when it comes to, like, actually getting on stage and acting... Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not I'm, about that either. I don't want to act. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> no. I'd much prefer to be, well, like, like Tony's position. I'm much... I like theatre because you get to be in a band of people mm. and a, like, supporting act. So I'm fine yeah. to be the drummer in the band of the putting the show on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't want to be centre stage, unlike some people, Emma Bloody Dean. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm The older I get, the more and more I love being a part of an ensemble cast yeah, and yeah. being sure. a backing yeah, band sure. or, or being behind the scenes. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Um. Dave, Emma. <laughs> you mentioned growing up in a in a musical sure. family. Yep. Now I know that you play piano. Can you take us back to the very beginning and sure. tell us a little bit about your journey with music and the role that music plays in your in your life? Sure. Uh, so Dad was obsessed with guitar and like folk guitar, and Ooh. still is, and is a singer songwriter himself. Uh, and right from like very early on, early primary school, they were like, mum and dad were like, you've got to do an extracurricular activity of some sort. So they got me into piano in like grade one or grade two, very early. And I went to this, um, old lady's house (laughs) and I sat and (laughs) learnt piano and, um, and I, that was, that was it then for 10 or 15 years. I had a brief flirtation with... Um, the saxophone because they wanted me like it was like eight months or something where I I just remember one practice where I was trying so (laughs) I was blowing too hard and ended up fainting back in the music classroom. It wasn't good. I just remember seeing stars trying to play like you know like Kenny G. Yeah. Right, and I said, no, I don't think reed ins- I don't think woodwinds for me. And uh, saxophone, woodwind, yes, yeah, not brass, yeah, brass, brass. Yeah. Oh, sorry, see, music. one of the blowing Fuck. ones, one yeah. of the blowing ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that was that. And I've only recently just bought 
be, and I moved out of home, uh, and when I moved out of home, I lost access to a piano because when you're a renting poor art student, yeah. you don't carry around a piano unless you are very committed, right. which I wasn't. And I've only just reunited with the piano. I just like in the last couple of months, we've bought a digital piano to have in the house, and it's kind of amazing to yes. play again. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's always been. Music's always been there. I'm very my personality skews towards um, being very heady and very cerebral, right. uh, for better or worse. And music kind of bypasses that noise a lot of the time. Like a song like this, a song like Rainbow, is so bloody earnest in a way mm-hmm. and so sincere in a way that I could never manufacture or write or really. Um, I usually cringe at sincerity (laughs) or earnestness a little. There's a part of me, but music kind of, and that's why I think I like country music. It's so uh, low on bullshit. Right. A lot of the time it's just like I'm singing a song about Mm -hmm. this. Yes. And it's very literal and it's it. But in saying that, Rainbow is full of interesting metaphor and stuff. But, yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'm interested to know, are you one of those people when you're writing your books or your mm, plays, mm. can you have music on in the background or can you? do you need to be I in used complete to. silence? It, it used to be a compulsory thing. I would listen to the soundtrack of, I would listen to soundtracks, any soundtrack written by Thomas Newman I found really fascinating. He did American Beauty. He did oh, wow. Finding Nemo. Of other things he did, but he did this particular soundtrack for Angels in America, which I just fell in love with as a uni student, mm. and I would have that on a loop all the time. Wow. Recently, I've gone no, no sound. I've actually yeah. gone white noise. I've gone the sound of a train. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm Do you like understand? That. You really? I, yeah, I cannot have music. When I, I mean, obviously, when I'm writing yeah. songs, yeah, that would be a bit distracting. Uh, no but music. when I'm doing, <laughs> while I'm writing, a song. when I'm writing, you know, like lyrics or mm. or what, mm. things that don't revolve around actually making yeah. sound, um, yeah, I can't have I can't have music no. on in the background. I find it mm. really really distracting. Yeah. What about you, Tone? Yeah, absolutely. Just I'm I'm one of the type of people. If there's a if there's music playing. And I'm having a conversation with someone. I'm always listening to like oh, what's yeah. going on. Like, oh yeah, what's happening with that production? Oh, what, what what's the beat that the drums are playing? Yep. Oh, like you know. And it takes my yeah train of thought. It just yes. like steals it. So I can't I can't have music if I need to be. <laughs> yes, it just it just focused. yeah steals my my brain faculties. Yeah. So um yeah, but I find like music it it's the funniest thing. I don't find myself listening to a lot of music now. I go through periods, mm. but in terms of like listening to music for pleasure or listening to music for like to get me into like an emotional state, like mm. I used to listen to music to like, you know, hype myself up mm. or to feel mm. happy or to, you know, mm. feel introspective. But now because music, and this is, might be the same mm. with you, Em, because it's like our career and we're making music all the time. And teaching it's like, it. And teaching it. Mm. Like, so the day is just full of music. And then the music that I'm listening to is like music to learn, yeah, sure. um, to accompany a student or music to learn because I've got this gig coming up or music to learn because I need to like see what's, you know, new and what is is um is hip you know yep. <laughs> yeah. you know? but but then and then there's the like music for for Tony it kind of takes a little bit of a backseat yeah. music for just yeah. like listening to it and yeah. enjoying it yeah 
I find. I, do you find? I'm the yeah. same tone. Yeah, yeah. Same, absolutely. What about you? Well, I'm thinking about whether that because uh, we're all within the same ballpark of the same age. Whether mm. that's like a growing older thing. Because there was some statistic right. I heard somewhere that you stop that the average age that you stop listening and enjoying like new music. At a, at a certain, there's this idea that you reach somewhere in your 30s or your early 40s, and it's like you, you, you've had your taste has like stopped. You know, the average wow. age I read at, at some point. So people tend to stop listening to new music. So I wonder if it's a part of that. But I find like I have to consciously, in an effort to be hip, I'm also interested, but in an effort to be hip, I will just sit and listen to you know, Kanye West's new album because it's part of pop culture. Right. But I probably won't go back to it. Interesting. But then the music I find for enjoyment is very different to anything. Like I'm now going through a classical phase, which Mm. is really like, which I haven't been in for years. But otherwise, yeah, I'm much the same. It's like I would much prefer songs. Yes, (laughs) yes. These days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So interesting. I I had a discussion with one of my students, actually a couple of my students, um, I teach a 10-week creative course called Unleash the Unicorn. And I've got a few students who are working on their songwriting. And they said to me, it's really interesting, the songs that they're listening to are completely different to the songs that they're writing or the style. So Mm. many of them listen to upbeat, really positive songs because they feel like they need to be picked up, then mood needs to be picked up and they need to be, you know, to feel some joy or whatever. But the music that they're actually writing Mm. is really dark. Do you find that with your writing? Like the plays that you read, the books that you read, are they they different to the work that you're creating? Um, Or maybe it's a different thing completely with uh, writing. No, I don't think it is different. I get a bit superstitious when I'm writing something. I try to not mm. read similar stuff. I do that with music yeah, as well. Because it feels a bit like I might absorb someone mm. else's mojo or copy and right. idea. Um, usually when I'm like in the thick of writing, when I'm like up against a deadline and I've got to get X amount of words done and I'm kind of in an intensive mode, I usually won't read that much. Mo- oh, that's not true. I'll read comics. Like I'll read... You know, really light, frothy um, uh, comics can be really heavy, but for for my brain, just superheroes like Batman belting the crap out of someone. <laughs> so, because I'm not writing Batman, if oh, I wrote Batman, yeah. I'd probably read Tolstoy or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. An opposite. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. So I feel I feel a real need not to muddy the, not to contaminate the pool, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about your new. Book, which sure. I finished reading yesterday. It's Bless absolutely awesome. I've uh, reviewed you on Good Reads. Oh, have you? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Five out of five stars. Thank you, mate. That helps. Um, so The Man in the Water is yeah. the, your first novel. Yeah. Um, I was reading it and I couldn't help but feel like I was back in the Isaac Shire where we were working <laughs> on The Power <laughs> Within, which is the the big show that Dave and I worked on as part of Queensland Music Festival. Is this where the inspiration 
for the book started. Tell us a little bit about that. Isaac region is really, as you know, a very interesting place. Mm -hmm. Um, For most people and most probably listeners of your podcast, they will recognise the word Zidani, Mm -hmm. as in the major huge coal mine thing. Uh, and, and a great deal of Adani, if it goes ahead at the time of recording, it's still uncertain, uh, would be, um, a large part of it would be within the Isaac Shire. But quite apart from that, the Isaac Shire is a regional a regional council that's bigger than the size of Tasmania. It's got a heap of little small mining towns in it and some of the youngest t- mining towns in Australia, like Moranbar mm. and Middlemount, who are literally like less than a generation old and are entirely dependent on mining. So we hung out there a lot and we worked with them and since then I've worked more in Mount Isa, which is an older but still very um, interesting place to hang around in as a mining town and kind of have been steeped for many years in regional Queensland culture and have worked with a lot of young people there. Mm. And um, quite apart from the politics of coal mining and everything else, young people... uh, have don't really think about that. They just think about a place as their hometown. And um, so telling a bit about their story and their culture and their life um, was really what what ended up feeding the book. Mm. I didn't know any of that when I started writing it. When I started writing it, it was just a 15-year-old kid who turned up at the edge of a lake and a dead body shows up and then away we go. How long did it take you to finish this book? I think I started in 2016 or 2017, right. so like two or three so years. around the time that we were yeah, doing yeah yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Amazing. For sure. When you and I found that dead body. Remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How could I forget? That was the moment. And that we, was it. And we set out on an investigation <laughs> to solve a murder. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, the book is about um, a young 15-year-old, Sean. Yes, correct. And his friend, Will. Correct. Who essentially solve... A murder. Yeah, yeah. And the book also touches on mental illness. Correct. Yes. Yes. Which is, I mean, quite a big part of the, the book. Yeah. Well, it's a big part of these communities. Absolutely. Um, as we've experienced. I keep, and this is what my first book was about as well. Like, I've got a history with mental illness, as does most of the human population, uh, particularly with depression and anxiety. It was a huge thing for my family, huge part of my first book. Um, in in regional communities, it's really uh, felt, I don't think it occurs more often, but I think the struggle to get resources to help is obviously a harder battle. Um, and that so that naturally fed into to the book, really. I didn't really want to spend more time writing about that, but it just is kind of naturally there, and in particular masculinity um, and manhood and what that means, um, because when you're in these communities, you know, we we tend to live as artists in a very safe, progressive bubble, bubble yeah. <laughs> uh, and when we go into these communities, uh, you realise, and these are conservative, politically conservative yeah. communities, um, uh, they have many other traits to their personalities, but one of the traits are that more often than not they're politically conservative. And um, and so gender is kind of very along the binary. Um, and, yeah. and the portrayal of masculinity is almost, from my very metropolitan point of view, almost cartoonish in its kind of mm. like militaristic, assertive kind of front, you know. Right. So how young men deal with that and how they grow up in that world uh, yeah, it's kind of rich ground to 
play around in, and Absolutely. it's just it's just what occupies a lot of my brain and artistic mm. space. It must be so Brilliant. tricky um, as a young man in a community like this is like as as artists and musicians like um, we talk about a variety of things, mental illness, and it's mm. like the conversation is there. Mm. Like we we can say, hey, you know, I'm feeling down. You know, we mm. we're very kind of up to date with like mm. what what's going on. But if you are a male, you can't show weakness. You know, no. I mean, like no. classically, like yeah. the, you know, a male full of masculinity yeah. has to be the strong one. Yeah, um, mm. you can't show any weakness. So if you're in a community where you can't talk to anyone mm. i mean you can't talk to your mates because then you'll be perceived as weak yeah you can't talk to your wife or your girlfriend yeah, yeah. your family yeah. they're just going to brush it off yeah that must mm. be just the most trickiest thing yeah Absolutely. i mean we saw that on the coal face with a couple of the young people we met mm. and, and and it's it's very isolating and very um yeah, it's hard to know how to help because the culture the culture kind of has to shift. But I like to think in some small way us coming in and, and being kind of very deliberately us going into schools and dressing like we do and acting like yeah. we do yeah. uh, and kind of going, hey, we're from this other place and, you know, we, we do this for our career and... Mm. Um, we kind of have this sense of humour and this is how we think about things and this is how we talk about culture and different things like that. Like mm. just just the idea that something... And, and of course, ultimately, the healing power of music um, uh, helps with that as well, I hope. Totally. Mm. Last year... No, this year. Or oh, last year, depending on when this <laughs> on podcast the comes out. <laughs> I was part of another Queensland music yes. festival project called the Help Is On Its Way project, which... Um, saw me travel around to a few of the same places that we went to for mm. the Power Within, but in in regional Queensland, and with Glenn Shark from Little River Band, and the idea was that I would teach "Help Is on Its Way," his famous song, um, to choirs in these areas, with the emphasis on trying to get men to mm. join choirs to sing, to be vulnerable, mm. to sort of express themselves. Um, and it was a really beautiful project to be a part of. You know, the, it was really hard to get yeah. to get guys to join mm. the choir. But there was a beautiful um, concert that we did in Kanamala, mm. and we had the choir was made up of seven students from out of a nine student school from what I think was Wyandra. And they drove an hour to get there. Mm. They were between the ages of maybe five and ten. And half of those seven students were young boys. Yeah. And I was so, so thrilled with that. They sang beautifully out of tune. It was just one of those <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous moments. Glenn um, actually told the band to quieten down during the chorus. So all we could hear were these little, oh, little kids singing... Help is on its way. Yeah. So cute. That's but, amazing. yeah, there's hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is mm. in projects like that. And and Absolutely. other, I mean, it is slowly getting better. I mean, it's better than it was a generation ago. Right. And uh, there, there is slow progress. It, it's, it kind of stuck under my skin. I started writing another book about masculinity that's now a podcast that I've talked to 
you about that may or may not exist in the world uh, when this goes up. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, it's also look at me doing this, see if I can make this link. It's also uh, <laughs> kind of what uh, – th- it's a reason why I like the song mm-hmm. Rainbow yeah. because it is about uh, pain and a, a kind of broader philosophical point for me about having the using because mental illness and I think the particularly around depression anxiety and I've I've noticed I've done this myself is that you can get it's a self feeding loop mm-hmm. so once you're in a dark place you keep on going down and there's right. self self messages on top of that and you go down 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 yeah. um to the to the point that the inciting incident that started that pain can actually be removed but you're still in a loop of shittiness mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and it, the easiest way to see this and it's actually i wrote it in <laughs> in the water there's a part where a character says um, you've just got to get out. You've just got to, like, uh, you've got to find a way to transcend your circumstances. Like, mm. that is what healing is. Mm. Um, and that is something that I've grown more and more to believe in as I've gone deeper, or not deeper, but different angles on my own past and so on, is that you start to see it in a different light, light and you start to realise... Um, Oh, I'm out. Like a big moment in my personal therapy journey was talking, looking at my past and looking at my childhood, and and doing all of that. My therapist quite bluntly going, "Yes, but that's done now." Wow. And kind of going, "Oh yeah, okay. I suppose that it like it, it isn't happening anymore." And this oh song God. is about that. For me, it's about that. It's wow. about going. You mm. you are. Uh, you're free of that. You you don't have to stay in that wow. zone. You have the power to transcend your own experience. Even if Queensland Music Festival doesn't visit, you know, on a magic carpet or stuff, you do <laughs> actually have the power to change your own mm. mental health. I don't know. You and I have talked yeah, about different totally. stuff like that from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. humans are so funny, aren't we? Like we we're such creatures of habit. Mm. I don't know if habit's the right word, but like we once we get into a routine, whatever it is, like we kind of like stick to that routine. Yeah. And if our routine, I guess, is to have these really bad thoughts yeah, or these stories you know, that we tell just, ourselves, yeah, yeah. right? It's just you, you don't get out of it. Yeah. You just you, you just stay in that that set point, and right. then so even if you know the bad stuff goes away, like you know, you just stay in that. Yeah. And That's just getting cool. out of it, I guess, um, that can be a Changing habits. Well, how, how how many days does it take to change a habit? Some twenty-one. Yeah, twenty-one to to wow. change an external yeah. to change an external like uh, you know negative thing that you do to reinforce a new habit. I think yeah. is twenty-one days. Oh, okay. But to, to untangle like mental blueprint stuff that has Ooh, been that, with yeah, you yeah. since you're like mm. six yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's no. God only knows. Twenty-one years. Twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> that's like listening to that the the song and the the lyrics of the song that's so beautiful but it, mm. yeah it's kind of like yeah so all of the, the bad stuff is, has finished and you've got all of this colorful stuff you know the rainbows you've mm. got a rainbow mm. above your head it's right there you know mm. but 
it's I guess yeah, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, even though that rainbow is there, like you're still Yeah. The storm is still there. Yeah, it's that's tricky right. to see it. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's like a you know, the old joke about the um two fish uh in a fishbowl and one says to the other, um uh, do you fancy a drink of water? And the other one says, what's water? Like a lot of the time therapy feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> of going, oh, I didn't realise that that was, it, it's so invisible and the really tough stuff is so much a part of you that you don't, that it takes a massive shift to kind of look at it and go, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's a negative thing. Or yeah. that's, a, that's a thing I've had in my head that isn't actually real. Wow. Yeah. Or that was there for, yeah, that's really hard. That's super hard. Mm. Oh my gosh, the layers of man psyche. We're just so deep. <laughs> we are so <laughs> deep. So profound. <laughs> Tony, you did a little bit of research on the song, didn't you? Rainbow. Did well, you? Oh uh, yeah, like a little, little quick little research. Quick little Google. Yeah, yeah, quick little Google. What did you discover? Well, I discovered uh, many things. I'm just, uh, <laughs> is it about great? Is it about a, a homosexual? friend or the LGBT community because the LG- oh. because of rainbow the LGBT community right. has like embraced the song yeah. but I didn't I don't know if it was originally inspired by some aspect of that yeah no I I, I did read something about that um, I'm just trying to think about what I read um, no, okay no, no, <laughs> it was, it was a, yeah, yeah you did you did sorry <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong David I but um, I, I do believe that um, the song was written um, after uh, she read her horoscope and then she kind of like wrote a letter to herself. Well, she was kind oh, of like really? writing to herself. Um, that yeah, very from... much sounds like my mate, Casey. I haven't, heard that. <laughs> I haven't looked that up, but that sounds like something that she would do. Yes. And she, um, and so Casey, it was, it was written uh, like maybe six years ago. Or something. Oh, wow, it really? And it was one of the last songs that, her grandmother heard her right. Oh, wow. And then her grandmother passed away, and then she played it at her grandmother's funeral. There um, go. But then, yeah, I guess that was a while ago, and then she, I don't know, thought it might be good on her new album, and yeah. I think it was good. Good decision. <laughs> good decision, though, Casey. Good decision. And, David, you sing this song to your little daughter, I Ellie, do. don't you? I do. And Tell she sings it that. back now. Oh, does she have a lovely voice? She does in that really, like, in a way that I need to channel, which is completely oh, unselfconscious and, yes. like, just... Like, like everybody, it's so freaking cliche, but it's true. Like everybody sings at that age. And when you take her, when I've taken her to like story time or things like that where there's a bunch of kids singing, it's just insane. Like it's just kids just tend to belt (laughs) unapologetically, not in pitch, not on rhythm, not on. I I will say like as a father, I'm like, oh, no, she's on pitch. Uh, <laughs> and she'll pick a note out of the air and go, oh, that was right. Uh, rhythm, she's all over the place. She's a cluster. Oh. But um, no, she's very cute. Uh, so, she yeah, is very, very cute. That's silly. Uh, but no, I do because it's an excellent lullaby yes. song. I, I, it, it's fallen out of 
um, fashion for her right now because she has we, – we, my wife and I thought we were doing really well for the first 12, 18 months because we didn't switch on children's music. And so she grew up with <laughs> – Casey Musgraves and like <laughs> Beyonce and um, Adele's album had just come out, so it was like Adele in the house and all this stuff. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she discovered ABC Kids, oh. so now all she wants to sing is nursery rhymes and stuff, which I guess is fine. Uh, but yeah, and the and the real and the song that's at the top of the charts constantly, um, Dance Monkey, Monkey Dance. Oh, oh my god, she loves yeah. that song. Wow. Um, that song by Tones and I. Incorrect. Oh, I, you played that it, for I've me. It, yeah, I did. Didn't and you? A few people have come up to me and go, "Don't you just wish you took the name Tones and I?" It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it is a good it one." Is a good Damn it! Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, do you fancy a little sing, Dave? I'm petrified, but look. Let's get the water running. Yeah, <laughs> we've been standing Ellie's here energy. naked. I know. Oh, for now. <laughs> well, so vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Well, got... before we do it, we better teach oh, yeah, the listeners some harmony yeah. parts. What yep. do you think? Do a little bit of harmonising. All do you right. Want to get on the keyboard ends. All right. Here we go. We've got a very big shower. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else then, Tony. Oh. <laughs> Well, I not... haven't been looking, Tony. <laughs> what is this? Jesus. I have not been looking either. He's my brother. This is fucking weird. Well, it's I'm... your podcast. Just, uh, yeah, well, I've got my clothes on. So, We've all got so does Emma's, Emma's got her clothes Jeez. on. I've got my clothes on. I will David put my is stark, clothes stark back naked. on. I'm fine. I didn't realise. This is really awkward. Yeah, all right. All right, let's do some singing. Let's do it. All right, we're going to learn the high harmony part, and I'm going to try to teach you through my snotty little nose. (laughs) Um, We have three different phrases that I'm going to teach you, but we're only singing two notes. We're singing the note F, and we're singing the note E. The most important thing to do is to listen to the chord changes, because they might be able to help you and prompt you to change between the F and the E. The first phrase goes like this. Let's do that together. Three, four. The next phrase, slightly different, have a listen. Let's do that together. Three, four. And now we're back to that first phrase again. Let's do it together. Three, four. And now something slightly different. Have a listen. Three, four. We'll try it again. Three, four. 
Beautiful. And now we've learned this last phrase before. It's in fact the second phrase that I taught you. Let's hear it once and then we'll sing it together. Three, four. Let's do it together. Three, four. So let's string all of those parts together, listening to the chords to prompt you with your note changes. Two, three, four. Tony as he teaches the lower part. All right, so we are going to go through the low part now. So the low part, there's two notes, A and G. And uh, there's four sections to this, uh, well, five sections, but we re re repeat one. We're going to start with the first little bit, and it starts on an A, and it goes like this. Three, four. Okay, now together, three, four. Awesome. Okay, and then we go to part two. Part two sounds like this, three, four. Okay, now let's do it together, three, four. Excellent. And then we go back to the first part. Um, so we've already done that. So let's um, jump on to the, the next section. And it sounds like this. Three, four. Excellent. Now together. Three, four. Excellent. Now we're going to go to the last part now. Okay, here we go. Three, four. Excellent. So you might have noticed that we did that one before. Okay, so now we're going to string them all together. So here we go. One, two, three, four. Ah, 
Beautiful. All right, let's turn the shower on. Is that a good temperature for you, Dave? Uh, yeah, let's go with yes. Great, here we go. thing I've done in Oh my ages. god, that was like break my heart. It was so <coughs> perfect. Well thank you both. You're both delightful. Thank you so much. Thank what you, a wonderful David. project. 
I'm going to go and have a stiff drink now. Yeah. Which is, stiff drink and a as we down. know, the best thing for mental health and pain <laughs> yep. is just drink it away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what men do. Absolutely. But uh, you oh, better put Dave. your clothes on first, David. Oh, okay. Here's a towel. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to Stories from a Shower Singer. If you like the podcast, please rate it, subscribe, and share with your friends. Stories from a Shower Singer is brought to you by Emma Dean, Tony Dean, and Corinne Bazanjic of Cheap Trill. Until next time, stay clean.